Hello, welcome to Unbiased with me, Darshi Harindra. I help organizations rethink how they use data and new technologies in a compliant, unbiased, and inclusive way. I'm on a mission to rehumanize technology so that we can max out on all the potential benefits it brings whilst keeping people very much at the center of its oversight and success. Now, this podcast is very much centered on the human side of the equity and inclusion equation. Through guests sharing their stories of how bias has affected and continues to affect their day-to-day lives, we can get a glimpse into the beautifully complex fabric interwoven into our communities. And we can learn about some of their work in trying to address or combat the ill effects of some of those biases. Have you ever wondered how a simple lie can grow into a pervasive truth? And then how this seemingly innocuous culture can transform into an unbreakable tradition that may have started on a simple lie that was said for long enough and loudly enough. That evolution is eerily similar to what has happened in the corporate workplace. And for the few who dare to challenge status quo, they can often be met with that most debilitating phrase that stifles innovation and progress. Well, that's just the way it's always been done. This is kind of a bit of what I wanted to connect to bias today. Um, In our previous episode, we explored the cognitive biases that affect us all and that these biases are like shortcuts um, that today essentially allow us to perpetuate lies as if they're truths. I shared about an analogy that was presented to us by a senior partner in the law firm I was at at the time that really exposed biases that existed in our law firm. And it turns out amongst groups of similar professionals. And at that time that I believe there wasn't a place for someone who thought like me. But what I didn't address at the time or haven't known until going on the journey to explore biases several years later was that my own biases had had me hijacked as well and looking back I see things that I saw in a negative light were in reality for me personally guiding me towards my own path and the path that I should be on and I've been fortunate to be surrounded by remarkable lawyers and professionals who love their work and their teams, but their promotions are often delayed because they don't fit that narrow mold. And I've been compelled to help these amazing people because I now believe that there is a way to achieve this without sacrificing your well-being. But it does require addressing bias. And so today I'm, I have sort of two categories of, of biases. The first group includes biases that stop us from challenging the status quo that can be perpetuated by leadership. They're the biases that make us accept, well, that's just how it's always been done as the ultimate truth. So examples of this are an anchoring bias. So 
a bias to rely heavily on the first piece of information that's introduced to us when making a decision. So if I see something in a sale, it's marked as $500 and marked down to $250, then $500 is anchored as a base price for whatever this product is, and $250 is seen as a bargain based on that $500 price. If I saw the same thing for $200 at full price next door, I think that was cheap because my brain is fixated on the first price I saw, $500. It's very difficult to change your perception once you have an anchoring bias. There's consensus bias. We generally tend to accept things that many other people will also accept. Now, this doesn't actually make that thing true. And just, just because something is widely accepted, it doesn't make it true. Yet that bias often quiets our inner voice and causing us to doubt ourselves if we don't conform. There's confirmation bias. We tend to accept things that confirm what we already believe to be true. This is a bias that reinforces our existing views, even if they're based on incomplete information. There's framing bias. We're often swayed by how information is presented rather than its substance. If something is eloquently presented, we're more likely to accept it as true. If, if you have a really a confident, that person with gravitas, expounding something so convincingly is true, they often shape the direction of an initiative, of whatever it is that they're espousing, and their words carry significant weight. Then there's that killer one, groupthink. It's a bias that leads to irrational or dysfunctional decision-making when our desire for group harmony or conformity overpowers critical thinking. It's challenging to speak out when everyone else seems to be on the same page and you're not sure whether to shake that up. These biases can hinder lawyers from questioning norms that only serve a select group of people and impact individuals in diverse work environments. So if any of those resonate with you, that first step is awareness. So now let's talk about that second group of bias. And these are ones that hijack our internal desire to achieve our goals, even when the path is clear. So even if we now know or we've addressed and questioned our propensity for groupthink or confirmation bias, or we've had a leader that's sponsoring us, that's putting us on this path to now be our authentic selves, we then hit with another series of biases also known to affect these types of people. There's the spotlight effect. We often overestimate how much attention others are paying to our behavior and our appearance. And that means that we can get held back from taking risks. We get held back from putting ourselves out there. It took me forever to get this podcast, to even promote this podcast because I thought the whole world's going to hear me. Actually, factually speaking, everyone's more interested in what they're doing. There's the curse of knowledge. 
This is a bias that happens when we assume that what we know is common knowledge. As lawyers, as seasoned corporate professionals with our specialized training experience, we start to just think that, oh, everyone should know what we know. What we know is just bog standard. And we may underestimate the value that we hold within us and therefore keep it inside. There's a blind spot. It's almost linked at that notion of having a lot of knowledge, having a lot of training, being a critical thinker. Those people are actually inclined to see themselves as less biased than others. And we can then overlook our own biases. So I study bias and I can be susceptible to taking shortcuts. Or it's me sort of saying, oh, no, 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 if I have to put my hand up in a room of saying, oh, we more or less biased than the average person, more people are likely to put their hand up to say that they're less biased than everyone else. So we all have that blind spot. Then there's um, a defensive attribution bias. So when things go wrong, particularly when personal risk is involved, it's easier to blame others to protect our self-esteem. So this can end up deterring us from trying new things and taking chances, particularly when we work in environments that don't really have time for mistakes or failures. So I share these because through my journey, they were shown to be some of the biggest biases affecting my ability to succeed, to achieve my goals, to live with less fear. And what's the key to overcoming them? I've shared a little bit now. It starts with understanding. It starts with the awareness. And then it's understanding that these are the biases that hijack our creative thinking. So we have to identify them. And then we have to unlock a new way of thinking. And that's kind of that process of discovering what we don't even know we don't know. So for me, during my personal introspection journey, I realized, yes, I'd already actually shown glimpses of my feeling, my creativity, my sense of fairness. That was the real me. But I was pretty good at suppressing it in favor of high performance, diligence, focus, critical thinking, client-centric everything. And so That prevailed for a long time, but it got to that point where I wasn't so good that I could totally submerge those feeling and creative and questioning parts of me. Lawyers are hardwired to see what's wrong with a picture rather than what's right. It's just how we were trained to think. And sometimes what I blamed wholly on being someone who was so underrepresented at a leadership level could actually be reframed as being, for me, shown very clearly as how I'm supposed to be living my life and spending my days. And post that great resignation, our feeds are full of ex-corporates, ex-lawyers living their best lives, vowing never to return to those law firms that shaped them originally. But for me, having been unable to let go of the aspects of my legal roles that I love and and after all this time sort of side hustling and time out of the game, I saw that more of that creativity, risk taking, 
the slightly nausea-inducing but adrenaline-pumping and uncertainty is actually exactly what some of these firms need. So once we've recognised our biases, it takes practice and determination to challenge them. It requires the courage to speak out, present those alternative viewpoints and actively question the status quo. For that, you need support. You need someone to believe in your potential, even when you don't fully believe it yourself. And that was one of the greatest benefits for me on this journey when I was supported by coaches, mentors who provided that supportive and constructive environment where I could openly address and work through my biases. And it's why ultimately the data shows that one-off unconscious bias training is not actually effective in corporate organizations. Because what do you do with that information once you've got this awareness of your biases? How do you move past feelings of inadequacy? No high-performing lawyer wants to be told that they have so-called flaws. And that's why we need community. That's why we need to hold each other accountable and also champion each other. And that's a community that I'm trying to build and to serve to succeed and it's what the stories that we share on Unbiased are all about. So I've been hijacking this platform that I have here over the last few weeks to share a bit about that before we return to usual guest programming in the coming weeks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Unbiased with me, Darshi Harindra. I derive so much energy and learn so much from speaking to such inspiring guests and amplifying diverse voices. If you feel the same way, please do subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you consume your content from and follow me and the podcast so you can get all the latest episodes as they drop. I'd also love to hear from you. What works for you? What do you like to hear more of? You can connect with me via my website, darshiharindra.com. Until next time, stay open, 